You're listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we look at questions and topics that are related to our faith in Jesus and to the way that it plays out in our everyday lives. In this episode, we answer the question, why is sex outside of marriage wrong? So our sexuality is so integral to who we are as people, and sometimes there's a a temptation to ask, why does God have so many things that he has to say about our sexuality, about how we should do things, when we should do things, what we should do, who we should do with? Why is that? Uh, It's an important question for all of us. Welcome in to Church Unplugged. Welcome into Church Unplugged. I'm Jimmy Cozy, part of the leadership team here at Christ Community Chapel. I've got with me today Joe Coffey, our lead pastor, and then Zach Wyrock and Todd Ionetta, both members of our leadership team. The question we're going to take on today is why is it wrong to have sex outside of marriage? Why is it wrong to have sex outside of marriage? And I think that I think actually that, that there's a better question to ask. I think maybe the better question is it's usually Zach asking. I know the I, I beat him to the punch. Good one. Um, but the the better question to ask is why is sex so good inside of marriage? Why is it supposed to be that way? Uh, and so I think that's a maybe the better question to ask is how do I have really good intimacy inside of marriage? Because sex is good again. The, the whole goal of the Bible is not uh, to keep you away from anything good. It's to show you how it was designed. And I think the first way that maybe maybe the, the first thing to say about it is that um, everything God created, including sex, was designed to point us to him. So ultimately, it's not about that. And But sex is no different than that. Uh, and so... When you have sex with someone, you are saying to them, I belong to you and only you. And the reason that that's the case is because God designed each of us to belong to him and only him. That's why he created it that way. It's interesting. I think you see that really beautifully in Genesis 2 when God makes Adam and Eve and they're in the Garden of Eden and the Bible says they were naked and without shame. And it's a really powerful sentence because, you know, you think about being naked um, and you think about a time of being very vulnerable, of being insecure, uh, of feeling, especially in today's age where all of us have been bombarded by images of men and women who are naked or scantily clad or, and so, and today you're naked and you think of being compared. How do I compare to this magazine cover, this ad, this social media post, this video? Uh, and so it's very hard nowadays to be naked without shame. Um, but for Adam and Eve, what that meant was there was no insecurity. Right? They were in perfect relationship with each other. They knew who they were. They they knew that they existed for the other one. Adam was fully content with Eve and knew that Eve was fully content with him and Eve vice versa. And uh, that's just a really beautiful picture. And if I said that's what God wants for all of us who are married— is that what God wants is for us to be utterly secure in, in our, the affection of our spouse, knowing we're not being compared to anyone, that we, that we are enough, that we're loved for who we are. Uh, but that comes from the fact that Adam and Eve were in perfect relationship with God. So Adam knew who yeah, God absolutely. was and that God gave him Eve, and Eve knew who God was and God gave her Adam, and they knew that God was good. And so the one he had given them uh, was good. And so there really is a connection spiritually with you know, you know what I understand about God and the intimacy I enjoy or don't enjoy with my spouse. Yeah, I think that's great. I, I remember hearing a professor of mine uh, say that uh, God set up uh, sex 
to remind us of worship because there is something about the best worship happens when you uh, lose yourself in the love of another under the safety of a covenant that I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. Um, the whole idea of being completely vulnerable with another human being is to lose sight of yourself in the love of another, uh, in the protection of a covenant. That can only happen in marriage. When you take sex outside of marriage, uh, you're, you're not only missing the best that God has, you're doing damage. It's, it's misusing something and changing the whole direction of something. And sex should be something where we do uh, in order to give pleasure to the other because of our love for them and because of the promise that we've made and not about using the other person for our own yeah, and, pleasure. And you can experience that. So if you are currently not married or you are married, but you have a history of sex outside of marriage, I think you would probably say that that idea of being naked without shame is appealing to you and it is not reflective of your experience. Right that we live with incredible insecurity about our bodies, about our sexuality, about our, and that that is a product of the fall uh, for sure, but it's also a product of all of all of our fallenness and how we've engaged uh, sexually. And so sometimes the best way to move towards what God wants for you is, is just to see the beauty of it, right? Is to say that what God wants for you is to be naked and without shame. Do you want that? Mm -hmm. Do you at present have that? Okay, well, if you don't, then your way, my way, our way, isn't going to produce that. Perhaps maybe God's way will. And I think that's just the starting point of saying I can't, I'm not getting for myself what I ultimately want. But I want to go back a second because I do think it's connected to who we are with God. So I, I want to challenge us on something to say that fundamentally, whether sex should happen outside of marriage is, uh, 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 outside of marriage is ultimately a question of do you trust God? Right. Do you trust him? Because when you say, why is, even the question, why is sex outside of marriage wrong, is saying, God, if you can't give me a reason, if you can't mount an argument. Uh, that, that makes sense to me. That's right. That right. makes sense to me, that it's not good. Well, 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 here's the thing. Either God loves you or, or he doesn't. Right. Mm -hmm. And if he does, then whether or not he gives you a reason or not, you can be sure that the, the, the rule he has given you is loving. If he doesn't, let me tell you something, you got bigger problems than what God wants to do with your sexuality. So here's what I want to challenge on if you're a Christian, you're listening to this. Sex outside of marriage is fundamentally a gospel issue. Do you believe that God is worthy of your trust? If you don't, then I wonder how you would process him giving his own son to die for you. Because did God give his own son to die for you in order just to ruin your sexuality, to like lull you into trusting him so that he could then take a sledgehammer to your sexuality and repress you? Of course not. So has God won your trust? And if he has won your trust, he doesn't need to give you a reason. You know he loves you, and he tells you it's not good for you. Now, there are reasons, but I think even asking for them is maybe hinting at, and again, what did the snake say to, to Adam and Eve in Genesis 3, right? Well, God only gave you that rule because he doesn't love you. He doesn't. It's the same lie we believe about sexuality. But in Christ, God has won our trust. So he deserves it, whether he gives us a reason or not. I just think if you guys have uh, younger children, and like Zach with Graham, who's what, three? I can't imagine you trying to explain to him uh, why you want him to do or not do something, yeah. and him demanding some kind of explanation. That, and there, it might be, a, you would have a good reason that he might not even understand 
And you have to go, Graham, you got to trust me. I'm your dad. I love you. And I'm smarter than you are. So I I think it's always... I have a five-year-old, and when she was a lot younger, two or three, she... There was a phase where she went through, she started considering putting things into electrical outlets. And yeah, it, I could not explain to her, you know, alternating right. current, what that <laughs> right, means. Like, right. these are all the reasons that when you do this, electricity is going to course through your body and then you're going to, you know, just, but she had to trust or, and in some sense, I, you know, she's three, so I can pull her away from an electrical outlet. She's forced to trust. But yeah, I, I don't know that explaining it to her would have done anything other than, yeah, she had to trust me. Right. I think that, that one of the things that's really important is, you know, that there's so many, I meet with couples all the time who are getting married. There's so many people who are having sex outside of marriage. They, they think that it's, that it's normal. But one of the things that happens is even in the Christian world, we grow up with this narrative that the only thing that matters mm. is that you wait until you're married that you keep your virginity. And if you don't do and, that... And, yeah, exactly. And so the the unintended consequence of that is that people think that if they lose it, they're done for, that there's right. no hope, because we communicate stuff like where we say, you know, it's a gift that once you give it away, you can never get it back. How is that the gospel? You know, I mean, you can never be whole again. Well, again, just case in point, case in point. Here's a, it's a great thing to say, and here's an example. So you say, well, well, what do I do? I've, I've had sex outside of marriage. Then this is what you say. I did that. I did it my own way until I realized God won my trust. Till he sent Jesus to live and die exactly. in my place, raised from the dead, and I realized, wow, God loves me. I can trust him, and I changed the way I live sexually. And let me tell you that, that is just as glorifying to God as the person who's a virgin on the day that they get married, because both testify to his goodness and his greatness. So if right now you're in a relationship and you're having sex and you're not married, glorify God right now by saying, God, what am I doing? I trust you. You love me. Amen. I will do it your way. You are not so far gone that you can't bring God beautiful glory right now. But but for some reason, him. yeah, and that's so true, Zach. But for some reason, sexual sin is actually the one thing that we think can never come out. It's the secret that we keep inside for a long, long time, and it creates these strongholds yeah. on our I, lives. I think those two are connected, you know, because what you said earlier and then what you just said now about the inability to talk about sexual sin, because in some ways, as the church, we have reinforced that with exactly. purity culture, oh, with yeah. we're yep. saying like, yeah. well, once you've done it, you've ruined it. And but again, so, the, the lie of purity culture is that it put the emphasis on us and what we do and not on God right. and what he's done. So when we were growing up, the three of us, Jimmy and Todd and, and me uh, in church, we came up under purity culture, right? And we weren't being told like, hey, God loves you. God has proven it. You can trust God. God wants best. We were told this is the rule. Don't break it. Wear a ring that says you won't break it. More Sign than a don't card break that it. says if you won't you break, break it. it yeah. You can't unbreak it. You can't undo it. Yeah. So I just think saying that like trust is the issue here. And it, God is glorified every time someone goes from not trusting him to trusting him. And he has made a way of that. And that way is Jesus. Choose that way and glorify him starting now. I mean, I, I think this idea, yeah, that you're ruined that you're broken. Yeah. Is, that's that's not from God. That's that's from the enemy. The other thing I was going to say too is, well, I, I heard a story once of a of a, a woman who was sleeping with her boyfriend, and what happened is every uh, every night she would uh, she would wait until he was asleep, and then she would go wash off all of her makeup off of her face. And then she'd settle her her alarm to wake up earlier than him, so that she could put all her makeup back on, mm-hmm. so that when he woke up, she looked the same. Mm-hmm. 
And like, that's, that's not real intimacy. Right. You know, that's, that, this is somebody who's not willing to really share her whole person, her whole yeah. life you with this guy. You know, it's interesting. Guy. When I was planting uh, City Church in Cleveland, we, we would, uh, just because of the culture kind of millennials have grown up in, where biblical sexuality has been kind of long gone for them, right? And we would have membership interviews where we would discover a couple was living together and uh, not married. And we would tell them, hey, to become members here, you know, we're going to need to deal with this. And first they would be shocked that, that like, wait a minute, you, Why you guys care? actually yeah. think this? You, you. But it was interesting. We, one of the things we'd always say to them, it's interesting and heartbreaking. We would say to them is we can marry you, right? Let's just, like, there are two options here. You move right. out, you right. get married. Right. right. And, I, you know, heartbreaking, but I just want to challenge you with this, particularly if you're a woman listening to this, um, without fail in every one of those situations, without fail, every single one of them, the woman would look at us, the pastor or pastors, and say, okay. And she'd look at the guy, and the guy would look away, stutter, stammer, and give every reason why he couldn't do it. And it was heartbreaking because in that moment, what you were really seeing mm -hmm. was that she thought she was valued in a way that she wasn't. Right. And I'm just telling you, like sisters in Christ, made in the image of God who Jesus died for, if that guy won't marry you, he doesn't love you, and he isn't honoring you, and you're worth more than that. So I think just even if you're sleeping together outside of marriage and you're not ready to stop, you don't trust God enough to stop, my encouragement is just broach the subject and what if, what if I, I believe that what God wants for me is this, would you marry me? And watch his reaction, because I think that's going to be telling for you as to where you really stand. And, and, and part of changing this issue in the church is for men and women to grab hold of their own worth in Christ, what I'm worth, how I should be treated, and the other's worth, right? And that, again, when we say it's not really about sex, do you trust God? And then do you see your sister in Christ or your brother in Christ as actually worth loving and honoring and respecting and committing to? And when you put it that way, it starts to become a really nasty question, right? That, hey, what if the reason we have sex outside of marriage is we don't trust God? That sounds ugly to say. And we don't actually value each other. Well, then it's a whole different conversation. But that is actually what's taking place. And I think what we're saying, too, also challenges those of us who are in a marriage right now. No doubt. That, you know, it's not just about, uh, it's, it's about intimacy. And so, what are we doing in our marriages to make sure that our spouses feel like they can be the unfiltered, unmasked they can be version naked of, without shame? Exactly, mm -hmm. both physically and metaphorically in and, front of us. And, and I think the idea that I mean, the the example, obviously, the easy one that comes to mind is is looking at porn, right? And that one of the crippling things about porn, again, because I think just people just are like, well, I'm not supposed to look at that. That's wrong. But stop and think for a second. When you look at pornography, what you're doing is robbing your spouse of being able to be naked without shame, because you have all these images in your mind. You're comparing. Her right. to him to that's impossible. You you can't. You're you know, saying you're not enough. I need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you're crippling their ability to be. You are supposed to be the place for them, to be naked without shame, to be fully known, fully seen, fully loved, fully accepted, and you're robbing them of that. And you know in your own heart how much you crave that for yourself. So do they, right? So do they. So again, we gotta just start to understand why God says what He says, right? right? That the 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 presupposition is that God is good and He loves us. So whatever He says. If I think about it long enough, if I turn it over long enough, I'm going to find goodness and love there. And that is why he's telling me what he's telling me. I was going to say, too, that uh, I used this in a sermon I recently did, but my wife uh, doesn't eat red meat. And so she, we eat a lot of chicken and turkey. And uh, so our kids have grown up when they have bacon, they have turkey bacon. 
which just even just shames me to say yeah, right terrible. now. And uh, so, so, and I honor my wife. She's probably healthier than all of us because of it. But I, I went out one day and I'm like, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm buying the real thing. And so I went out and bought real bacon, oh, fried you that your thing up. Then. Yep. Oh, yeah. They've never been the same. <laughs> and uh, and There's now no going back. Right. And that, yeah. and now that, you know, it's like every time we get turkey bacon, they are extremely disappointed. Uh, but I think it's what we're trying to say is like, if you have tasted the real bacon, like if you've tasted real intimacy, then you don't want anything to do with the turkey right. bacon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, quit me. settling. Yeah. That, yeah. That's God's message. Quit yeah, and that's the way you started, Todd, was to reverse the question and that the prohibition about uh, not having sex outside of marriage, but what sex was created for. What what does God really want? And his plan for us is always, always the best. Yeah, and I want to piggyback on that real quick because I think there's probably couples out there listening to this or someone who is married and say, you know, you guys keep talking about how beautiful God's way is. I am married. And our sex life is not great. Our intimacy level is not great. Listen, there are a lot of reasons for that, right? So doing it God's way doesn't just mean only having sex with your spouse. It means, you know, sex is part of a holistic understanding of marriage. And again, just want to encourage you to seek out help with Reengage, our marriage ministry, that if you are married and you're saying it tastes like turkey bacon to me, Todd, right? <laughs> like get in Reengage and do the slow and steady, sometimes difficult work mm-hmm. of restoring your marriage and it will become what God wants it to become. That's why we do Reengage. So it can, it can, you can be doing it within the confines of the rules, but not necessarily doing it God's way. And if that's where you are, there is a way back. That's why we do re-engage. Get signed up and do it and let the Lord bless you. You've been listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we're going to look at topics and questions that are related to our faith in Jesus and to the way that it plays out in everyday life. We want your feedback. We want your suggestions. If you've got ideas or questions that you'd like to hear answered on the show, you can email us at churchunplugged at ccchapel.com. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.